Welcome to the Fox Digital Talks podcast for what is tomorrow? Uh, February 9th. Jesus, brain just totally went. Um, yeah, February 9th. How's it going? I'm Brad Rose. You probably knew that if you're listening to this. Maybe you didn't. Um, I'm clearly out of it. It's uh, it's been a it's been a good week. The the weather's been too nice. It's one of those weird things where it's like it fills me with existential dread while I'm out enjoying the sun and the beautiful temperatures and all that i was sitting outside working all afternoon yesterday other than the fact that when i finally went inside my face was leaking from everywhere because of my allergies like it was it was wonderful it was so good to be outside just like doing stuff but also it's early february that shouldn't be a thing um anyway in uh, cosmic news. <laughs> There's a new Alice Coltrane live LP coming out next month. Uh, the Carnegie Hall concert, which is from 1971. Pretty sure there's been a couple bootlegs. Of that. I, I know I've heard rips of this. I think there's been some like bootleg records. I'm not, I care. I don't know. I don't have any of those, but anyway, it's a killer show. Uh, the lineup that is playing with her is, I mean, it's got like Pharaoh, of course, and then um, Archie Shep's on there, and Cecil McBee. Love Cecil McBee, bass player. Uh, you know, he's from Tulsa. I always feel like there should be like a statue, a Cecil McBee statue, or like a mural, a wall mural for him here. That would be really cool. I have no mural painting skills, but if, yeah, somebody should do that. Uh, and, but Ed Blackwell is the drummer on here. And man, I fucking love Ed Blackwell. I feel like everything he plays on, he just makes better. I don't know. There's some, like somebody who's a drummer could speak to this more than I could. Um, but I just think the way he plays is so uniquely his, like, I feel like I can, as somebody who's not a drummer and has endless respect for drummers and all all good things all good things but like he's one of those people like i feel like i can recognize as soon as i hear something he's on uh and so it's yeah so this is cool uh i was saying this yesterday too this gives me hope that the the 1972 berkeley concert maybe will someday get a proper reissue because i never got the bootleg of that either and you know it sucks for me but um, that's like one of my favorite Alice Coltrane things ever. So, and I still, you know, hold out hope for the original Tria Sings to come out, but that'll probably never happen. So maybe well, who knows? Got a good rip of the tape. That's something. Okay. Today's show. Today's show is a fun one. First, I'm going to talk about the album of the week, which is MJ Guider's Youth and Beauty. Just so good. So good. I'm going to have her on Songs for Our Lives soon, which I'm really excited about. I'm recording a new Songs for Our Lives on Monday that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. And lots of good Songs for Our Lives stuff happening. So if you... I haven't like subscribed to that or what have followed that po- that on whatever you listen to podcasts. You really should. Cause the next, this next run of episodes, I mean, it's been an incredible run. Halado Negro was on this week, which, ah, it's so good. It, we had such a good time and I, there's anyway, I'm going to stop. <laughs> um, so yeah, MG Gatter, that's the album. We forget that in a second. And then, and then Nina Dante's here. I'll talk, let's let me talk about this tape, this album first, EP, whatever, and then and then we'll, and then I'll talk about Nina.
So I feel like one of the important things to mention about Youth and Beauty, it's a new one from MJ Guider, is that it was recorded in the summer, I can't remember if it was 22 or 23, but whatever, summer in New Orleans, all right? Um, if you have ever been to New Orleans in the summer, New Orleans is one of my favorite places in the entire world, you know it's intense. And I say that as someone who lives in a place where the summer is intense. You know, 100 plus degrees, like 80% plus humidity. It's fucking rough. And I mention that because I feel like that kind of like aura hangs over this whole album. And if, if you don't have experience with that, you don't live somewhere that it gets like that, like first of all, you're lucky and I'm envious. Um, but second of all, you, it's not going to make you love this any less, I don't think. Like, I don't think that's the important thing here. Um, but I just want to mention it because it's, it, it matters. Because when I, when I listen to this, at least for me, it matters. Because it's like I can feel the sweat running down my back. It's like I can reach out and touch the hot air. And MJ Guider conjures these sonic fields that sort of embrace that and channel it into this otherworldly, I don't know, just this this otherworldly world which doesn't make any sense but that's 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 where my brain goes and it's 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 really cool because it's like these sonic fields that they try to intersect but they often sort of repel like magnets to where instead of instead of like fusing together to make something they that like one element will push the other away and it it makes the whole thing like there's this sort of underlying tension and just feeling to it that I don't know. It's infectious. Um, but yeah, there, so there's so much here that I love it. There's all these elements that just kind of resonate with my core. She uses a flute as a central focus. And I've talked a lot in the last few years. Anybody who's been unlucky enough to have a conversation with me about it knows that I've been having a moment with the flute the last couple of years. Like I am. Yeah. I almost learned to play the flute. Um, couple years ago but just like i have time to do that um but anyway so flute is a real central element of youth and beauty and that is important because you know flute has this sort of ancient quality to it and um melissa and i were emailing back and forth about this and you know talking about how it's like the it's the oldest instrument other than you know human voice it's the oldest instrument and I I think about that all the time. And I think that that, you know, even though she's not playing like a bone flute or something, at least I don't think she is. Um, there's still this quality to it that is, it feels timeless. Um, so yeah, the flute elements has, you know, there's this airy resonance that sort of flits between whimsical and haunted. And it's, again, that's one of the things I love about it. And she sort of folds all of these different sounds into like a lot of times it'll it'll start out with that sort of airiness but then it just gets morphed into these sort of grinding oscillations and then there's like slow moving sort of progressive rhythms and all these contrasting sonic textures and with that and all of those things like i was saying how it, it feels like they repel each other in a way it's this sense of unease starts to take hold and i don't know if this music is cryptic but elements of it are definitely situated somewhere in the vicinity. Um, again, that New Orleans summer humidity is channeling these like sort of mountainous, windblown drones, uh, especially on My Regeneration, which is, again, what a great title. Um, there's, this, there's this relentless grind to the piece that, as it moves ahead, where these, you know, the gentle flute expressions at the beginning just get overtaken and swallowed by this sonic mass. Um, it's, and it, it kind of infuses it with this determination just to make it through. And again, that's not unlike summers around here. You know, once we, I get into August, you're just, man, you count down the days, the minutes, the hours, whatever, until, you know, um, I always say that September is the cruelest month because you think, oh, it's September, it's going to start getting better, but it doesn't. So, you know, into September, maybe, but really it's October. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think that there is that spirit in the bones of this music. And, you know, by the end of it, she's out of breath and everything just sort of fades into emptiness. It's so good. This is, uh, I'm always excited when MJ Guider has something new, uh, but this like blew away all my expectations. Okay, so Nina Dante. Y'all know how much I love Nina Dante. Um, I don't think there's anything she can't do at this point. <laughs> um, I I should mention that next week on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day, appropriately, Nina and I are releasing a digital single. It's the first thing of our new duo project that we are sharing. I am over the moon excited about it. Um, it's got her singing, weird electronics, a purring cat. Um, what else could you want, really? I don't think there's anything. It's really cool. We're, uh, I, I don't know how much I've talked about this project on here. I've talked about it quite a bit on Patreon um, and shared, and I actually shared another track recently over there. But we are, we're working on a record. So we'll see what happens with that. It's, the reason we're putting this out as a single is there's sort of a thematic um, through line to what we're trying to do on our album, and this didn't quite fit it. Like, originally, we were just like, let's make some stuff, and then it was like, let's make an album. So, anyway, that will be out on the Jewel Garden on Wednesday, on Valentine's Day. Love it if you check it out. Um, you can actually hear the track on Patreon now if you join, but, you know, whatever. Um I mean, it'd be awesome if you join the Patreon, you know, again, that keeps all this going. Um, but yeah, so whenever I talked to Nina at the beginning of the year about, you know, I was like, I want you to come on the podcast like regularly. And she being as generous and wonderful as she is, was totally up for it. And I had mentioned to her that I, Valentine's day is not my thing. Okay. And she was kind of like she loves Valentine's Day and she's like, I'm determined to change your mind. And that's exactly what this is. And, um, it was a lot of fun doing this and well, you'll just have to, you'll have to listen to the end to see if her persuasive arguments swayed me or not. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So check out the single when it comes down next week. Always check out Nina's, channel page what I, I never project i think project that's good the snake said to the river it's genuinely one of the best things on the internet and um yeah and here's a little clip from our song and then you'll hear us talking all about valentine's day said that all ominously <laughs> <laughs> because it fills you with trepidation it does but i'm going to come out of i think i'm i have so much faith that i'm going to come out of the other side of this conversation a changed person <laughs> not that there's any pressure on you <laughs> i don't know i feel pressure i i want yeah. to convert you to being a passionate valentine's day observer okay I'm, I am like ready to be converted. I'm, I think the the thing that I would like to know before we begin is why are you ambivalent toward this precious holiday? I think a big part of it is because for so long, I rightly or wrongly, probably wrongly, but it, it I associated it or I associate, because it's still current, 
with like is this very commercial cash grabby thing and like and mm. the in my mind it was like i want to celebrate love every day and this makes it <laughs> tells you that you know oh you have to celebrate it on this day which obviously those things aren't mutually exclusive so like you can do both but yeah my favorite time part about valentine's day when i was younger was going to the store the day after and buying candy at like 70 percent off oh my gosh brad you just <laughs> broke my heart I'm you just sorry. broke my heart <laughs> i uh, it was a much more cynical time in my life <laughs> and just getting half price candy this is this kills me this kills me. this is why people don't like valentine's day i know okay. So this is this is the thing that I think most of us hear in general is that people kind of reject it because it is so commercialized. It's been just completely hijacked by, mm-hmm. you know, Walgreens, etc. I just don't see why that has to hold us back, you know, from sort of reclaiming this holiday of love. Also, the other thing that you mentioned is about wanting to celebrate love every day. I totally get that. And that is so beautiful. But we have this day, this traditional day, that is literally just a celebration of the people whose love sustains us on a daily basis. And I think, you know, even if we are conscious of that every day and we're making sure to express our love and all that. It's different from having a holiday where you're like literally laying out offerings at the feet of the people whose love is sustaining your joy and your vitality in life. I think about that a lot, just how bleak the landscape of existence would be without the people who we love. Oh my gosh. And yeah, like think about it. Life is so challenging and the human world is so challenging Um, We've created a very interesting landscape for ourselves. So like without these people, what would it be like? It would be freaking miserable. (laughs) No, I don't know. Valentine's Day almost has like this energy of a birthday or something where, you know, you love people every day, but on their birthday, you go a bit wild for them. (laughs) That's true. Valentine's Day feels that feels that way with like a wider personnel that you're celebrating no i like that okay that's like one <laughs> tick box in its favor no that's one, one tick box yes <laughs> yeah, i don't know no i mean it's true like that is i think like that's like that's a better i don't know framing it that way resonates with me because yeah. it's yeah and and yeah i mean when i, I like i even i <laughs> asked this this morning i put this out there on twitter this morning of like just asking people like what is keeping you going right now and Um. and like i had this thought because it was i just dropped anna off and usually when we're sitting in the car line in the morning for drop off we are listening to taylor swift singing along together and it's wonderful (laughs) and like i and so like that was those moments are keeping me going in the face of you know impending darkness it feels like mm-hmm. um but those those moments are special because of the love that i have for i mean she's my kid but like yeah you know she's one of my if not my favorite person in the entire world and like so she is really cool I she's Anna's yeah. the best. <laughs> I know. She, I, I heard she told you all about her dragon books. Um, I week. I did. I heard about the dragon books, and yes. I love dragons. So yes. I'm actually extremely grateful for the recommendation, and I wrote it down. And oh, she beautiful. said that there are like a million books, so that should yeah. sustain me. <laughs> yeah, she's read ten of them in like a week or two weeks. Good for her. So, um, voracious. But it, but so that just. Going back to what you were saying is it's like those moments with the people that I love and that love me are, yeah, that's what keeps me going. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, why not then reclaim 
this extremely sweet holiday that literally is just about love. Why not reclaim it? Why not enjoy it with people who we care about? And we don't have to like go buy crazy presents. We don't have to engage in um, this sort of like farce of a holiday that's been presented to us by the modern commercial industry. We don't have to do that. Yeah. We can make something sweet. And while we're making it, we get to think about the people who we love. You don't even have to make something. Just write a note or not even that. Go out, do something delicious, go on a hike. I don't know. But it's just such a it's such a like juicy little holiday. So so <laughs> sweet, so lovely. Um yeah, I don't know. But that does kind of require a mindset change, I think. And also some people have certain expectations of Valentine's Day that maybe require more commercial involvement. But, you know, if you don't have that, then you can just go wild and enjoy it as you wish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's it's kind of, yeah, it's de- for me, it's like deprogramming in my brain that like these, it doesn't have to be associated just with like red heart boxes of chocolate and red roses and whatever like although that can be you know whatever that's yeah i mean if that's your thing my my dad gives me a box of chocolates every year and i cannot tell you what that chocolate box does for me in the middle of february you know what i'm like in my bed at midnight eating a beautiful little truffle it kills me i love it so much every year and i can rely on it (laughs) That and that's that's wonderful. I mean, it's it is because they're like beautiful. little acts of love. So I know, and every time I eat it, I'm like, "Oh, my dad gave me a chocolate box <laughs> for Valentine's Day, and I'm gonna eat it now at midnight." Yay! You know, yeah. <laughs> it's it's, the- it's nice. <laughs> so there are so many things that we could do. The other thing that I love about Valentine's Day, and this, of course, is very personal, because you know there are all kinds of love. Love of your family, love of your partner, love of of your friends. And then also one aspect I love about Valentine's Day is love of yourself, mm. which for me has to do so much with the sort of sensual connection that flows between ourselves and the world, how we're experiencing the world through our senses and allowing ourselves to do that is such an act of like delirious love to ourselves and also helps us build personal relationship with the world around us when we Mm. like really can open up our senses and and allow us to have a sensual experience of of moving through this world through this one life that we have so that's something that I think a lot about on Valentine's Day and I always try to like have a very sensuous day with walking and cooking and making things and you know whatever whatever I feel inclined to do but that for me is a huge part of Valentine's Day and feels like an act of kind of love for myself and for the world so that's another aspect that I love about the holiday okay I'm coming around that's good I don't I don't know your voice you sound very skeptical no no hard audience you're I, I am a hard wow. audience. I will admit that. I want you melt to my description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. Yeah, I don't know because I'm. No, I. I do like that. No, I'm like I'm 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 imagining like just. I'm thinking about like what I could do. Two weeks from whatever. No, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, I two guess, weeks from. Is. Oh yeah. Well, it's February first. You have thirteen. Yeah. Days. 13 days to figure but i'm just thinking like you know one of my most favorite things to do obviously this is i'm sure everybody can guess this but it's just to go like walk through the woods yes. and and a big part of that is the sound of everything and of course, because I'm obsessed with sound, and it's uh, the way I interact most with the world is through sound. Yes. But like, it is a very, because it's like hard for me to describe sometimes what that experience is like for me, like just going out there and slowly, and just, it it's almost like tactile 
the way that it sounds and that it feels mm. i mean because you know sound is i don't think a lot we think of it this way but it is a physical thing like i mean the way we hear is a physical it is vibrations in our <laughs> like ears yeah and in our and so like really like so that's like something that i when i am in a place that's not great like i'm in a bad place and i just like that i go out and that's what i do is go and like just be there and so it for me like that is very much like one of the like most important acts of self-care or self-love that i give myself and so beautiful too is that it's an act of like you know I, I don't want to like anthropomorphize the world or anything, but you'll know what I mean. Like that's also the world extending to you what you need to be well and to and to experience joy. So mm-hmm. there's there's something happening there between you and the world that's beautiful and life sustaining in the same way that our loving relationships with people sustain us. Yeah, which is really beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely. And so like thinking of it in those terms of like celebrate this day that is about love by go like going out and doing that for myself is yes. um yeah, that 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 connects. Like yeah. and I I mean and I'm thinking of I'm even th- I'm thinking of just like like you're talking about like baking something like one of the things that we've been trying to do this year is cook more to get like together as a group like not just i mean like i cook dinner for my family every night on the weekdays because of the nature of our lives but on the weekends yeah we can sl- and so we've been trying where it's like and you know with an opinionated 10 year old it's easier to <laughs> I know. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. But like when we've had those moments where it's, yeah, it just, I don't know. It's just this like really, it's, it's this really beautiful thing. And it's really made me think about just when I am like, I kind of got into this rut of life as we all do, where it was like, I cook dinner every night and it's this sort of utilitarian thing I have to do. Yeah. And I've been working on changing my mindset about that of this. No, this is like a gift that I'm giving to everybody. Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. And so it's all like all of that energy. Like, I'm just like, okay, like that is what Valentine's day is celebrating those things. Yes. Yeah. I, I believe that so strongly and you know something that i think about because i there was a time when i also was like what what is this holiday but Mm -hmm. then you know this is an old day i mean the history is it it has its roots in catholic tradition it's like the feast day of a few different saints called valentine um from what i know i i don't know loads about the history of it but i've i've read a few little things just online but um apparently the one who whose story ended up being the modern valentine's day he was helping couples um come together and get married in a time when it was difficult for them to do that and i don't know what exactly the circumstances were but it's just a story of a guy who was trying to help people who were in love get married essentially (laughs) so just like doing his part to like keep the love story going between humans (laughs) which that's sweet and it's just it's such an old it's such an old day it's such an old tradition i think at this point nobody really gets to tell us how to or to not do it and certainly not the commercial machine of right you know our society and i just think it's such a beautiful opportunity to just like celebrate the beautiful love between us and our loved ones and us and us and us in the world. Why the hell not? <laughs> you don't have to yeah, spend no. any money if you don't want to. You don't have to. 
And, you know, just just for the record, it's not that I'm just into Valentine's Day because, like, I'm in some romance because I'm not. I'm single. So <laughs> I and I love Valentine's Day. So we can only right. do it. <laughs> no, I, I. Yeah. No, I. I think that's like one of those things, too, where, like. I'm I so associate like I forget that there is this bigger history of it because. You know, I Valentine's Day to me is always in school. Like you have, you would get the found the you'd have the Valentine's yeah. Day party, and you'd get the and I yeah. and I uh, remember going but it to Anna's last year. Oh god, it was awful. But anyway, <laughs> it was. Oh, no. I mean, it's just like a class full of thirty nine year olds hopped up on sugar, like <laughs> pure Terrifying. chaos. Yeah, it was. It was awful. Um. I I but, loved those days. They were full of like they were full of Oh, as a of kid, they're great. Mystery. Oh my gosh, yeah. As an adult, less so. Like when you are oh, in no. at the school party because like, I I'm again, I'm the one that goes to all the school parties cuz I'm yeah. <clears throat> the stay-at-home work-at-home parent. So, um which they don't really have the party. They don't have them anymore. Like at Fourth grade is when they stop, which is a whole other conversation and is a bummer. But anyway. Yeah, I know. What a shame. I guess it gets too scary at that point or something. But that also makes me feel like, okay, well, she doesn't get to have this Valentine's party. So, like, it's up to me to give her some special thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go and buy the stupid little cardboard Valentine's things. that are. No, like, you'll have your own witchy Valentine's Day that goes far into like far more ancient roots and far deeper than the one that is presented to us today. So are there, that's a, that makes me think, cause you were mentioning like the Catholic origins of it. Are there like pagan thing? Do you know, people talk about, there is a festival called Lupercalia, which was ancient Rome. And the name comes from a cave, and I believe it's the cave where the mythic wolf suckled Romulus and Remus, the founders of Mm. Rome. And Lupercalia was kind of this, like, sexy mayhem (laughs) that would happen in the city, and it involved, like, whips and sex and, you know, people running around, like, shotgun. I know, I know. Like, crazy shotgun weddings or like trial <laughs> trial weddings i i don't know i don't know a lot about it but i read okay. about this a few years ago but you know with so i think people kind of talk about that as a sort of pagan valentine's vaguely associated something but um the thing that i really love about it is the fact that it's called lupercalia you know like loop like wolf like, right I'm not I'm not entirely sure what it means, maybe the feast of the wolf or something. But it's so cool that the name honors the like life-giving love of the wolf for these yeah. two human children who ended up founding, you know, this amazing city. Right. <laughs> so that's super beautiful. I like that. Cool. Yeah. Give me a wolf and I'm happy. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I always because yeah, you know it's I like know. okay. I was just curious because you know so most of the like, well, not most of, but so many of the Christian holidays are just stolen from the pagans. So, like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, yeah, 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 for sure. I don't know if this one was actually okay. I'm not entirely. Yeah, I, I haven't really read much about that. So hopefully, somebody listening to this will know more and they can. Yeah they can tell us or maybe i'll go research that after we talk but you know so you know i have this um social media project called the snake said to the river where i do all these different things mainly dealing with like old old music tradition things like that but Actually, February is one of my favorite months to program because I revolve the whole thing around Valentine's Day. I cannot help myself. (laughs) So I do like little handmade projects for Valentine's Day, some like, you know, delicious perfumed baking things. And of course, 
poetry and music. Mm -hmm. And something that I love so much about really diving into these old love songs and texts is just how universal, how immutable humanity's approach to romantic love is. Like, it just is what it is. These things could have been written yesterday, and they could be written in 100 years. It's it's amazing. So I thought maybe I could talk about a few of those. Yes, I was going to say, do you have some examples? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So actually, the first one I'll talk about, it's a new song for me that I've um, just learned, and it'll be I'll be sharing it on my channel later this month. But it's an old Catalan folk song mm. so it's from spain and it's called maria Gneta. and it's a song written from the perspective of this person who's in love with a woman named maria Gneta, and unfortunately she does not love them back oh. and uh the whole song they're like oh maria Gneta, you are the princess of my size oh my gosh here, that silence is my jaw dropping. <laughs> the princess of my size. Beautiful. Wow. That's incredible. And there's another line later, the last verse, um, where the narrator is telling Maria Agneta that if if they, he at the time, um, assuming it was a he, could just have one rato de conversa, which means like one little sliver of a conversation with you. If he could just be with her for one moment and hear her voice, he would die without a single complaint. And the way God. that he introduces this, he says, Agneta de mis entrañas, which means Maria Agneta of my entrails. Oh my gosh. Like, he loves her yeah. so much. That she's like part of his viscera. Can you believe that? How passionate. This oh is gosh. the kind of energy I need on Valentine's Day. I know. I want somebody to tell me that I'm the princess of their size. That's I, I'm sure that Eden <laughs> would say such a thing. I don't know. Maybe. But possibility arose. I would like... like someone to say that I'm Nina of their entrails. Of their viscera. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's, but yeah, princesa um, de de meus uh, princesa dos meus suspiros. I I'm, you know, obviously I don't speak Catalan. I'm doing my best, but yeah, <laughs> the princess of my size is so beautiful. Oh. Okay, I'm excited to so, hear that. I mean, yeah, like you said though, like these are things that a much better songwriter than me I could imagine. Like, I could imagine a song coming out today that is like that i mean we, there are yeah. songs like that have those sentiments they're maybe not as poetically expressed um, <laughs> yeah but it's but, that sort of energy like if i could just have one moment with you i'd never complain I, again never and i mean you know i i can think of times in my younger days when <laughs> like Having that feel of just like, you know, yeah. like, uh, which is, it's like and a I, beautiful thing and it's awful at the same time, so, which know, is most of the best things are. The beauty and pain always yes. kind of floating together. And that's what's so beautiful about these old songs is that you feel that, you know, love has always been this sort of wild pull between mm -hmm. the beauty of the thing and the pain of the thing, because we, we can't tame the people we love. We don't know. No, them. I mean it's so it is so beautiful and powerful because of how dangerous it is and yes like, and we know every day the people who love us they make the choice to love us they wake up and they I say i love this person and i'm going and to extend i'm going to extend my care and passion to them and that's beautiful yeah and and knowing yeah i think about i mean i think about it all the time it's like and on the flip side they could wake up and choose to completely destroy us. But yes. that's part of yeah. like, yeah, that's well, cause when you make yourself vulnerable in that way to people, they have, they, you're giving yep. them a certain power. Yeah. And that children is why you have to be very careful. <laughs> about who you let into your heart. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think I need to explain this to literally anybody listening to this podcast. Right. Okay. Another song. So maybe I'll talk also about the oldest love song Mm. in English that has survived. Okay. And it is a medieval love song and it's called Breed on a Brera, which means bird on a briar. So Mm. it's so beautiful. The song kind of flips between addressing this bird that the narrator is addressing and uh, the woman who the narrator is singing about. So one of the words for bird in Middle English is breed. And then a word for a woman is birit, which kind of looks like modern bride in a way. Mm, so there's okay. this lovely medieval wordplay in the song between breed, the bird, and the birit, the woman, which is so <laughs> lovely. So the bird mm-hmm. and the, the woman get all tangled up in this beautiful way in the song. But maybe I'll I'll recite it for you very quickly because the Middle English is so beautiful. So, breed on a brera, breed, breed on a brera. King this coma of love, lover to crave. Blissful bearded on me du rewa. Regretlef, greth du me mi grave. So that's the first word and the, the first verse, I'm sorry. And it says, bird on a briar, bird on a briar, mankind has come to the time when we're craving love. Blissful bird, have pity on me. There's actually blissful woman, blissful bearded. Blissful woman, have pity on me, or quickly love, dig my grave. Oh my God. Right? Wow. Dig my grave. And then <sighs> they go on to, to describe her, and, and the last verse is so beautiful because... The narrator says, if she would but have me in a steadfast love, I would be cured of sorrow and I would be remade by joy and bliss. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that? Like this idea, like the the grace of love remaking you in the form of joy. (sighs) That's so, what a, wow, that's just, yeah. Writing it that way is so beautiful. I know. I'm... Yeah. Dang. It takes away my speech because it's just so, it's so wonderful. <laughs> I know. I mean, and, it, and again, though, like it's this, I, 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 I feel lucky enough that I have felt that kind of love in my life. Like, I think that yes. is a great privilege and yes um, it is and damn it I, yeah those are the things to celebrate <laughs> shit i know i know and this is damn the it nina that, <laughs> ha, 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 oh my god i freaking did see poetry does it better than i can oh, yes. and this is why we you know lay offerings at the feet of these people on valentine's day because they have done this for us and together we do this together you know what i mean yeah. There's a there's this another beautiful Middle English text which is from a stanzaic so uh, not alliterative Mort d'Arthur so uh, Arthurian romance from the Middle Ages. Mm. And I found this beautiful passage that describes when the lady of Shalott first sees Lancelot the knight Lancelot. And for those who don't know this part of the Arthurian legend the Lady of Shalott has this like deathly love for Lancelot. And Lancelot is, of course, in love with Queen Guinevere, King Arthur's wife. So in the end, this love kills the Lady of Shalott. But there's this, I, I mean, this description of her falling in love with him is so beautiful. So shall I read it? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> and all of You have me like have, in the palm you know, of your hand right now. So I'm. Oh, yeah. thank goodness. This, this is what I, this is what I needed today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Erla had a daughter that was him there, Mikel Launcelot she beheld. Her roda was red as blossom on brera or flower that springeth in the fell. Glad she was to sit to him nearer, the noble knichte under shelled. Weeping was her most dechere, so Mikel on him her herde gan hell. Up than rosa that maiden stilla, and to her hamber went she though. Down upon her bed she fell, that niche her herte brast in two. And the translation for this, my translation, so 
I had to mess with things a little bit, but so it's going to mention an earl, and this is the Lady of Shalott's father, and the woman spoken about here is the Lady of Shalott. So the earl had a daughter who was dear to him. How she stared at Lancelot. Her cheeks turned as red as a blossom on the briar or a flower that springs in the field. Oh, she was glad to sit near him, this noble knight under shield. But tears soon ran down her face, so completely did her heart fix on him. She rose up then, that silent maiden. She went to her chamber. Down upon her bed she fell, her heart nearly breaking in two. <laughs> oh, she went mad for him. <sighs> yeah. He was, so, he was so himself. So I just thought that was such a beautiful excerpt. It's wonderful. Of kind of the beauty and the, she's wanting to sit next to him. She's wanting to be near him to be in his presence, but she can't. She's she's in so much pain. She loves him so much. She has to go. Oh she has gosh. to run. She has to, yeah, free herself. I just love that. It made me wild. I think that's fantastic. Yes. Her, her cheeks turned as red as a blossom on the briar. I know. <laughs> so she was I... blushing so much. Uh, yeah. Um, that some good stuff. That's it's some good, good stuff. stuff. But this is the Valentine energy, you know. I feel like we have to like whip ourselves up into a frenzy on Valentine's Day. Whether or not you have a partner, it, yeah. it's nice to think about these things, you know. Yeah, that doesn't I, I mean I think that's that's one of the real downers of the like commercialization of it is that it like the way that it is presented in our society is that you have to have a partner like yeah, it has to be yeah. and that just that's like this conversation all this that like yeah that kind of that just does it a disservice the whole, like and kind of cheapens it because it's myopic yes it's myopic. yeah and so i think this like yeah i like this grander sort of look at it or like this context is yeah no i'm you got me ah uh, yes oh i freaking did it yeah <laughs> i mean i i spend all the last half of january and then all of february getting myself into a frenzy over the many aspects of love um and you know that starts for me in january because i'm working on my programming right. for february so you know by the end of January, I'm already like in a total <laughs> frenzy, contemplating love and all these things. But, you know, I celebrate Valentine's Day with my family, which is so nice. And, you know, make little cards for each other and hang out and make dinner. And it's it's so nice. It's yeah, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. And yeah. I'm going to I have two weeks to figure out some ways to celebrate. And that feels right. But well, I think you deserve a super fun, lovely Valentine's Day and to reclaim it, it from the grasping hands of commercialism. Yes. And I don't, I, well, I don't go and buy half price candy anymore because I try to, <laughs> try not to, I try to be happy. <laughs> Just but, get whatever. yourself a nice chocolate box. Yeah. Get yourself some good chocolate, you know? Yeah. Yeah, there's a really good, there's a really good bakery in town that <gasps> maybe I'll go get like some pie or something or some like really decadent chocolate cake or something. Yes. Yes. Drive yourself mad with yummy yeah. things and beauty <laughs> and walks and stuff. I do. I do honestly take Valentine's Day as an opportunity to drive myself mad. It's really well, nice. You know, that's I. I. I like that because we are. We are. Sort of like conditioned to fight against that urge. Are like in everything. It's like yes. you don't want to, and so yeah. I think it's. It's important and healthy and wonderful to. Like, give yourself permission to go a little mad sometimes. and I so agree. Um, 
in the in why a not good Valentine's way. Day? Yeah, I mean, I know. yeah, like it could it could go very wrong. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. We all we all know what we're talking about. Yeah, so everybody the should feast of the senses. Yeah, the I, feast of love. This is a good thing. It is, and you know what? You don't need a partner. You don't need just try like love. There are people around, hopefully there are people around you that you love and love you and love yourself and just let yourself go a little bit mad about it and mm-hmm. the, and put that in, and, you know, and more people putting that energy into the world can't be a bad thing. So I so agree. And I feel like the, like one of the deepest blessings you can offer another person is that they be truly loved and yeah what 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 could be more precious really yeah that's my conclusion i that's i'm i think there there we go that's the end we did i don't know what else to say we did it All right, thank you to Nina. She's the best. Um, and yeah, I'm currently, as I record this on February 8th, figuring out what kind of stuff I'm going to do for Valentine's Day next week. I have some ideas I'm pretty excited about and some some spots to fill, if you will. So I, need, I need some more ideas. I'm still working on some things, but I think that she has a pretty convincing and compelling argument and really... In 2024, if we can't celebrate people's love that, as she says, sustains us, because God fucking knows we all need some sustaining, then what else is there? So that's it for me. Thank you all for listening. You know where to find me, Foxy Jitalis, all over social media, wherever you want to yell at me. Send me an email. Send me a voicemail. Uh, you can join the Patreon for a little as $3 a month, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. But if that's not for you, take those dollars and find an album you like, find an artist you like, throw it their way. And always remember, the sound is for everyone. See ya. See ya.